Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where I want you to be financially free, physically free, spiritually free, and emotionally free. Welcome back to my podcast. Anybody that's new listening, thank you very much for joining us. I am excited this week to have a new guest on with me. Um, he will be new to the podcast, new to the show, but he's not exactly new to me. I've had a, a, a new relationship going with him for the past few months. I'm very happy to have him on for the first time this week as a guest. His name is, well, his government name is Charles Kelly. He's also known as CJ the Smart Guy. If you can see that cool sign in the back, I love his background. CJ the Smart Guy. Thank you, CJ, for coming on. Thank you for having me, it's an honor. No problem. And I'll give um, um, a brief background here and then I'm gonna let you introduce yourself as well. CJ is originally from Los Angeles, California. Right now he resides in Houston, Texas. That's a popular state. Um, and you guys, um, oh, not you guys, but anyway, he is a graduate of Texas Southern um, University, which is an HBCU. We love the HBCUs around here. Uh, my screen move. Let's see. He's got his BBA in finance and accounting. He is a certified public accountant. That's what a CPA, certified public accountant. And uh, you teach classes or you have classes on youthsunjoin.com? Yeah. So um, I got my first class on there and now I'm in the process of creating the entire like school for accounting finance and things of that nature um, because it's not taught in high school it's not taught mostly in college so most people don't know anything about taxes most people don't know anything about bookkeeping or anything like that so i want to provide people a one-stop place where they can learn everything and i'm just starting so right now um, the prices are real low um, you get in i think it's like right now it's like ten dollars and once you're in you're in forever um, but as as i keep creating more and more content on there then it'll want to become like a whole school, so. Yay, I love that, sounds great, yeah. sounds great. So I'm gonna share all his information as I normally do. Um, anybody who's a guest on the show, uh, all of his contact information, all of his school information, everything will be um, on the show notes. And if for some reason you can't find it or if I miss something, just reach out to me and I will get you in contact with him. But CJ, what else would you like to say about yourself? He's also a member of the Black Bitcoin Billionaires Club on um, Clubhouse. And I will be totally honest, totally transparent. I only go to two groups on Clubhouse and I'm not joking. I, I spend very little time on Clubhouse to be honest, very little time. When I go to Clubhouse, I'm only on Black Billionaires, uh, is that what it's called? Yeah, Black Bitcoin Billionaires, or I'm on my friend Betty's group. Um, those only two groups I go to. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time to spend on there, but that's how I met you, actually, CJ. If you remember, yep. that is actually how we initially met. Yeah, yeah. Clubhouse has been very great to me. Shout out to Lamar Wilson, Isaiah Jackson um, for creating the Black Bitcoin Billionaires group. I'm very grateful. Yeah, yeah. I've made great connections there too. I missed Lamar when he was here in town the last time. 
But uh, I told him I'm trying to meet up with them next time. If he finds a more suitable location for us to all meet at, I'll, I'll be happy to be there. Um, but yeah, so today I think we are just going to have a discussion again. CJ is a crypto guy. So um, um, again, I'm assuming people know a little bit more about you because we've been talking. Sure. But um, <laughs> CJ is also very heavy into the crypto space as well as being an accountant. So today we were going to focus our discussion on um, cryptocurrencies and taxes and any type of financial advice that he's wanting to share with us. Again, we're not giving investment advice. This is just all education-based, knowledge-based. You are welcome to reach out to him later if you want some specific um, information or you need some detailed help for your personal situation. Um, but otherwise, you guys grab a pen. This is recorded. You can replay it later. And let's see what we can learn today because I learn from him all the time. So CJ, what do you want to tell us today regarding um, we're almost finished with the 2020, or I guess we, you call it the 2020 tax season, right? It's 2021, yeah. but we're filing 2020. So we call it the 2020 tax season. Yeah. So 2020 tax season is typically due um, around April 15, but this year, because the IRS has been behind, they moved it to May 17. Um, if you are in Texas or pieces of like Louisiana, Oklahoma, wherever there was that outage that happened and they moved it to June. But most of my crypto clients, I get most of them to file extensions. So they're due October 15. Um, that's a great way to give yourself some more time to A, hold on to your cash um, maybe you can invest it, you know, and make more money than the interest that you have to pay. And then B gives the CPA a little bit longer to figure out the best strategies because the rules are ever changing and they change the rules during tax season. So give yourself the best uh, vantage point by just waiting a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. It, the tax is like a never ending game. It's, it's the game with the ball under the cups. And they shift them around and you pick it up the cup. I, I literally, I feel like that. So when I teach my Bitcoin classes, I used to have just two really small, um, well, one segment with two small slides and we would talk about taxes because I wanted people, especially brand new people to crypto, I wanted them to be aware, hey, there are tax implications. For sure. And I would just put, it only had like four or five bullet points because I figured I'll just keep it really general, but I, I feel like I need to be responsible and let people know there will be taxes associated with it. So I don't want you jumping out there doing yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. And then a year later, you're like, hey, she told she never mentioned taxes. But yeah. um, I've cut my my two um, my two slides down to one now because the rules change so much that I can't even like I have to change the, the screen every time I do a class because it, the rules. Keep, so I just really made one shot now, I talk about it. I say, hey, especially if you're in the United States, because I have a lot of listeners. Hey, my India listeners, I got a lot of <laughs> listeners in a lot of countries. Yeah. But if you're in the United States, there will be taxes. The laws are going to change constantly. I don't share the details. I say, consult your professional. So guys, today, especially if you're taking one of my classes, here's the professional. So CJ, what I'm gonna let you run with it for a minute. What do you wanna say? What advice do you wanna give? you know, the floor is yours for now because I, I know nothing about taxes. <laughs> yeah, so the first advice I'd be is to do your own research. Um, I think that 
you know, cryptocurrency is somewhat brand new. Um, so even CPAs who have been around for 20, 30 years, they don't quite understand cryptocurrency. Um, most of them will be able to keep you compliant in the sense that they know that cryptocurrency in the eyes of the IRS is treated like property. So they'll, they'll be able to keep you compliant, but they may not be able to help you avoid paying unnecessary taxes. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to the tax world, we have something called avoidance, which is a good thing, which is being tax conscious, making decisions to lower your liability or increase your refund. Um, then you have evasion and fraud, which is directly lying, saying you don't have anything, knowing that you do, or you know, just lying about the numbers without any regard or anything like that. Um, and that can end you in jail. Um, one, one joke that we make that's not, not really a joke um, is that they couldn't catch Al Capone, you know, slanging all his alcohol. But when it came down to his taxes, they got that, they got him. And so it's like, you think that you're getting away, but they're, they're tracing it. And now that uh, we're moving closer and closer to every transaction being on the blockchain or every transaction being digital or being monitored via camera, to think that you're going to get away with doing a lot of this stuff to me is, is crazy. Um, I would never give anybody advice to do anything wrong. But if you are to do something wrong, I don't think crypto is the way to do it. Um, you might have to think about older times, maybe a gold standard, you know, making sure it's not fool's gold, because using cryptocurrency, every transaction is traced. And the government, they have an infinite amount of time to trace you if they feel like it's fraud. Um, and, and how many years again? Remind me how many years they can go back for audits and these type of things. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're using good faith and you're not off by too much, they only have three years. So okay. in good faith, you should be paying what you think you owe. If you make mistakes, don't, you know, don't hurt yourself. If you were in good faith and they come after you, you might have to pay what you owe, but they shouldn't come after you for fraud or evasion. Um, if you're more than 25% off on what you owe, then they have six years to come after you. But if it's considered fraud or evasion, it's forever. It's a lifetime. So on the, on the first page of the tax form this year, they say, you know, have you basically have you acquired, bought, sold anything with cryptocurrency or virtual currencies? And if you know you've been making money and you hit no, that's fraud. So they have an infinite amount of time to see, okay, in 2020, did you have any crypto dealings? And if you KYC, if you, you know, use an exchange where you have to put in your social security number for know your customer KYC, then it's an easy trace. So I don't even know why people are trying to, you know, not pay their taxes or get away with it. I know the culture for Bitcoin came out of like an anti-government, anti-control type of mindset, but the more and more it's becoming used and it's scaling and it'll become the normal, it gets regulated. So you can't have expansion and you know complete privacy. It's one or the other. And since we're moving towards mainstream, all these transactions are traced. So do your due diligence. Um, if you have a CPA, make sure that they're somewhat well-versed in the crypto space because most aren't. And if you don't have a CPA, then really, really, really make sure that you're keeping good records. Um, my number one suggestion is having a, a ledger for all the, crypto all the cryptocurrency transactions that you've ever done in your life. Have it in one place. So if they ever come after you, you can say, hey, this is what I used. This is my good faith. 
and they can somewhat back up because the IRS, they're making the rules as they go. They don't really know what they're doing yet, but I have a feeling eventually they will. And they're tracking, they have an operation called uh, Operation Hidden Treasures right now, where they're going back the last few years um, to see if anybody's been doing trades of more than $20,000 and they haven't filed their taxes for it. They are directly going after them. And Biden has increased the IRS audits by over 10%. Um, he had like over $1.2 billion to the IRS to conduct additional audits. And they are also attempting to double the, the capital gains tax for anybody making over a million dollars in a year. So a lot of the traders that have been making some big gains be, be looking out for these things. And there's definitely ways to avoid it legally, but just be on the lookout for that stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, cause we've talked about it before for me. <laughs> so um, I'm now in the clear my three years. Um, when he said to use an accountant that is familiar with cryptocurrencies, that's what bit me in the butt guys. Um, I used an accountant. Um, I tried somebody new for the first time. He had no idea what a Bitcoin was. He didn't know the word Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, which really was my fault. Red flag. I should have just kept moving. And so you guys, I was in a uh, dispute with the IRS. Not a dispute. Well, I guess a dispute trying to undo the harm. Um, and it wasn't the harm. He just didn't know. But it took three years. We finally yeah. got it settled. I think we're in a. I think we're in a good place now. Me and the IRS <laughs> until I file at yeah, least again good. for this year. So, um, but yeah, it was three years of a headache, of a complete headache, trying to get that um, straightened out. Thankfully, I keep good records. Um, I know I keep excellent records. So, much as they sent me letters, I sent them letters back. So they they like to write to me, <laughs> awesome. and I like to return letters right back to them. <laughs> And I was yeah. like, we can keep this going forever. But, you know, I keep, I, the thing is though, I don't know taxes. So when he did it and he didn't do it right, I had no way of knowing he didn't do it right other than when he gave me those final figures, but I don't know how to fix it. You know, I didn't know how to get out of that. So yeah, take, if you are into the crypto space, please take that bit of advice and use, if you're not filing the taxes yourself, use a certified <laughs> CPA or at least a tax preparer that is familiar with that information because you don't want to lose all your money to the IRS. The gains mean nothing if no, they all go not. back to somebody else. No. Um yeah. So um, tell us what have you seen? Like, what are some of the, when I mean, you've been filing taxes, I, I know paperwork and paper trails have to be an issue when people get to come, <laughs> come to solicit you for your services. Like, how can we help ourselves? How can we help you? What, what, what can you tell us? Yes, that's actually an understatement. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, one of the, the biggest challenge is getting the transactions themselves. Um, you know, you have some exchanges that are American-based, like a Celsius or a Cash App. Um, then you have some that are overseas, like a Binance, which is based in China. And so different regulatory requirements. And when it comes to keeping track of all the transactions, I feel like every single company does it differently. There's no uniform way that the transactions are reported 
So when I'm receiving transactions, I'm getting something from Binance, Coinbase, Uphold, Etoro, Cash App, KuCoin, Gemini. And it's like all different formats. And you have to put them all in together in order. Um, but like I said, if you have like one Excel document where you have all of that um, together. So for instance, I have a tab that's Coinbase, a tab that's Uphold, a tab that's Etoro. And then I'll format it all and have one tab that's all the transactions ever, including my cold wallets and any other wallets. Um, and that way you just have good records. Uh, that's extremely important. But then there's some that don't even report transactions at all. Mm. And so it's like, well, how do I figure this out? Does you have to go and look at the individual transactions and manually fill it in? Um, there are softwares that take care of some of this stuff. However, I personally just like to do everything manual. I'm one of those people who I know what I'm doing, so I don't need to automate it. Um, I like to go in and make sure it's all done correctly, as well as I don't know the software, like the protocols and, you know, whether they can look at your wallet or, you know, maybe they have your private keys, maybe they have your, your like exchange password or whatnot. I just don't know anything about the tech side. So I just do everything manual. Um, and it's, it can be tedious, but, but when you have those good records and you understand the strategies, man, avoiding paying taxes can be a lot more simple if you're organized for sure. Right. Right. So, you know, I have a copy of my, my own shameless plug. I've got my, um, monthly budget and investing planner. You guys know about, I've had this plan since the beginning of the year. I never talk about it anymore. I don't even push it anymore. I don't know why, but I still have the planners. You can still order them on my website, but I'll tell you guys what I do. So I put a page in here specifically that says, oh, something got on this one. Monthly, what is it? Monthly investment tracker. Monthly investment tracker. So, um, it's just, it's like an Excel. Sorry, this page was stuck together with something on it. But it's just an Excel, like spreadsheet in the book where you would write down all of your transactions. So, and that's what I do. This is, this is just a book that, a sample book. But I write down, it's got the date, the asset description, the value, the category, and whether it's an increase or decrease. So what I do is I put in here um, when I purchased it, the date. Mm -hmm. where I purchased it from and what it was. I put the value that I paid for it at the time, because again, on the different exchanges, some only, you know, some only show you the, the values in Bitcoin, you know, some, a lot of them now will do a US dollar equivalent token or coin. Um, but yeah, I just always write it down. So I write it down when I cash it out or sell it, I write it down. Um, and I like, I'm a paper girl. I'm truly a paper girl. So I like to write everything down on paper, but then I, I transfer it over to digital. So I'll put it in a digital form because my handwriting is really, really bad. <laughs> and you would never want me to send you my journal or my paper book <laughs> and tell you, oh, it's all in there on page seven. You'll call me every 10 minutes and say, what is that word? Oh, what, what is that Please don't do that. I like everything digital. I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like pen and paper at all. <laughs> exactly. So I'm a pen and paper girl, but I know because of the handwriting and um, I'm not real organized, even though I'm kind of organized, I'm not real organized. So I'll jot stuff everywhere. Um, and I know what it means, but yes, 
for your purposes, I will definitely put it on a spreadsheet and get it to you where it looks prettier and it's more organized, um, easier for you to use. But you guys, you, you have to document these things because some of the sites, uh, it may have been KuCoin now that you mentioned KuCoin. I think it was KuCoin. I actually had to contact them, um, their, their help desk or whatever. And they had to send me the spreadsheets because I felt like I was missing transactions there. Um, I felt like I hadn't even written them all down. So I had to put in a request for them to send me my transactions way back to 2017. And what they sent me was not easy to read either. Yeah. So they sent me some mumbo jumbo and I kind of looked at it. I didn't understand what it was supposed to mean. It didn't tell me if it was in this or that. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't say, you know, it didn't have like BTC behind it. Yeah. So that was kind of hard to figure out. I'm like, well, what am I comparing this to this or whatever? So yeah. Again, these are all personal experiences. I've, I've lived some of these quite a few times. Yeah, you typically want the, the date that you purchased it, the, the cost basis, which will be like um, the, the amount that you paid for it um, at the price that you paid for it. So say if you bought $30 worth of Bitcoin, and that happens to be, I don't know, 0.0001. I don't know. Zero, zero. But <laughs> let's just say it was something like that. That's what you would want to know is that's your cost basis. And the fees to buy it is also included in there. So if it was $30 worth, but plus fees, it was 32 and 32 is your cost basis. Um, and then if you ever decide to sell it, um, say if you sell it for $50, you bought it at 32, you sold it for 50. Um, that $18 difference would be your capital gain. Um, so when we think about it, buying cryptocurrency is not taxable, holding onto it's not taxable, but the second that you sell it for US dollars or you exchange it for another cryptocurrency or you buy goods and services with it, at that moment, that triggers a taxable event. And if you held onto it for lower than a year, you're taxed at the same rate that you would like, you know, when you work your job, which is typically higher than if you make passive income. And so if you held it for longer than a year, then it's considered passive, it's, it's capital gain, so it's taxed at a better rate. Um, so I try to get people to hold on to it as long as possible um, so that they can pay the, the lower tax rate. And if you make less than 50,000 in a year, you might not have to pay anything on your capital gains tax at all because you're at 0%. So there's lots of different strategies to avoid paying taxes, but a lot of those strategies appear like they will be coming to a halt pretty soon. Um, so you want to make sure that you're, you get organized quick um, and you make some decisions really slowly on this crypto stuff and being organized, keeping track of everything and in good faith paying what you believe you need to pay is the best route to go because um, it's all traced. And you got companies like Coinbase that work with them directly and they're giving all your information to the government immediately. Wait a minute. So if Wait you a think minute. that you're getting away with something, you're, you're just not. You're saying work with them directly. Let me tell you what happened with me with Coinbase. So when I set up my account five, six years, five, six years ago, whatever it was, um, I don't typically use my middle name with stuff. When I, you know, I fill out forms, I don't really use my middle name. Coinbase, I remember it was all in the news. They were going corporate, you know, all this. They were hiring all these people from the IRS and people from Federal Reserve was coming to work there. It was like all this switch of employment. 
And uh, I got either an email from them or a letter. I can't remember how they contacted me, but they contacted me. And like the biggest indicator for me was the, the contact mail or whatever it was said, uh, attention or dear Kai Lynn Wilson. I was like, Kai Lynn Wilson. <laughs> I'm yeah, quite yeah. sure I never put my middle name on anything. Like, how did you all of a sudden get my, and then if I do, I'll put even Kai L. Wilson, but they sent me something mm -hmm. that said Kai Lynn Wilson. I was like, oh, okay. So you're now with the IRS, because IRS refers to me as Kai Lynn Wilson. I was yep. like, okay, they're with the IRS now. I mean, it was very clear, crystal clear for me. Yep. They're for sure working together, um, which I mean, from an expansion perspective is a good thing. Um, but for the individual, you know, it, it's not. So we're, we're gonna see lots of changes coming, you know, coming soon. Um, make sure you keep those records and make sure your CPA knows about this stuff. Yeah. Um, because if they don't, man, you just don't wanna get caught up, you know, make a couple hundred thousand dollars and then 10 years from now they say it was fraud. And then you're dealing with, you know, legal issues. Lots of lots of celebrities have gone to jail for not paying their taxes simply because they didn't understand, they didn't know. Um, there's levels to the financial game. And a lot of us came from the very bottom in the sense that, you know, if, if you're receiving the earned income credit, you're you're tip, you're at the bottom of the food chain when it comes to finances. Um, and then most working class people, you're only in the middle class and you don't pay too much tax. Most of those people get like a small refund, maybe a couple hundred dollars, maybe even a thousand. Then you have the rich. The rich pay more tax than anybody else. I mean, if you're making like four or 500,000 a year, you're getting taxed heavily. Like the rich get taxed more than anybody else, but then you have the wealthy. And this is the category most people don't realize. The wealthy pay less taxes than almost everybody else. Because <laughs> they understand the game and they pay people like me, CPAs, to not pay hardly any taxes. So if you're somebody who's used to being at the earned income credit level, you have no idea about the strategies for up here. And so that's where I come in where I'm like, oh, look, you're at a different level now. We're going to play the game completely different. There's no reason to file your taxes on day one because you're not getting the earned income credit anymore. Let's file your taxes in October 15th you know, and let's play this out so we can see how rules shake. And so that, you know, we can make the best decisions possible. Absolutely. I'm never in a hurry to pay my taxes. We, you know, we're, we're not in bed with each other like that. So <laughs> they got to wait. Yeah. Wait till the end for me. Um, something you said, I'm going to go back for a second. So keeping our records and what qualifies as a taxable event. So I'm not one that's really used cryptocurrencies to, to buy stuff. I mean, I know you can, uh, it's there, it's available to everybody. Um, how, how are they gonna track that? How are they recording it? Like, I know the government has, there's ways to do it, but people, especially people who, you know, I'm sure you know people who have lived in that community where they've been being paid in cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. You know, their income has been coming in that way. They've been paying their bills that way. But how in the world, I'm just talking about reconciling small investments. You know, I bought it. I've held everything over a year. So I bought it. I held it way down the line. I either cash it in, I swap it for something else, or I just keep holding it. 
that's easy to record. Mm -hmm. What in the world are these people doing that are paying their bills with it? Like what type of recording system there's gotta be, is there any leeway with the government or what, how, how do you do this? So it is very complex. Like I said, they're making up the rules as they go and they're trying to figure out their, their best way to um, tax everything as they go. So they're trying to figure it all out. Um, the biggest issue that they have with tracking is, did you buy it for, did you use it for a good or service or did you send it to a self wallet or was it a gift? Um, it's a huge gray area because if you're, let's say you're on Cash App and I send you, uh, you know, a thousand Satoshis. If I send you that thousand Satoshis, how is the government going to know that that was a gift? How are they going to know that that was for goods or services? How is it classified? And so those things we haven't, like they haven't figured all that stuff out yet. And as an accountant, you know, I just go based off of what you say. So if you're saying, oh, this was a gift to this person, a gift to this person, as long as under 15,000 US dollars, then there's no taxes on a gift. Uh, if it's over 15,000 USD, then it is a gift tax. But for the most part, you know, if it's a gift, there's no tax. So is that person um, claiming this as income? Or are they writing it off? There's no checks and balances yet. But I say to use good faith and try to do your best because it's all traced. So in my mind, if they ever figure this thing out, which I feel like they will, maybe seven, eight years, 10 years from now, they will be going back and seeing the big transactions. They'll be looking at, as of right now, the dollar amount is 20,000. Anything that's over 20,000, they are looking at it. And so you may think you got away with it because they didn't say anything for seven, eight years. And then boom, they hit you with it. And then they say something like, we don't care about US dollars, we want your whole Bitcoin. And it's like, well, you can't have it. I have my private keys, you can't take it. But if you have it on exchange, why can't they take it? And if they search your house, can they find your private keys? You know, we don't know where this goes, but the best thing I could say is, hey, keep your records, do the best you can, pay what you believe you owe. And if they come after you in good faith, you just say, well, this is how I did it. And if I was wrong, we're all new to this. I'll pay whatever I got to pay and just keep going. But at the same time, have a CPA so you're not paying, you know, crazy figures because they will try to bully you as well. Don't just succumb to whatever they say. They, they bully people all the time. Um, but the CPAs know the rules. So we make sure that if there's a line in the sand, both sides are right here. Nobody gets, you know, nobody gets too far away because the IRS doesn't want you. If, they, they get mad if you don't pay anything. But my goal is that you pay just enough to keep them happy and keep you out of trouble. But at the same time, you get to keep the majority of your money. Right. My friend always says the IRS is your actually is there your the IRS is your invisible business partner. <laughs> what do they bring to think, the table? <laughs> yeah, whether you want to admit it, they are your invisible business partner, and so got to keep them happy. You want to keep if you want to keep functioning. Um, as yeah, far as sure. buy, you know, at some point because I know we go all over the place with what they, how cryptocurrencies are certified. Is it an asset? Is it an investment? Is a, you know, we, we're all over the place with that. With the fact that it has a purchasing 
power. I don't, a currency, like a currency purchasing power. They've got to come up with something. If we go to digital currency, even if we go to the Fed coin, like we can't be tell, I bought a Coca-Cola yesterday and I paid for my daughter's childcare. And like, I, there's no way humanly possible that we can be tracking every transaction that you make with when you're making purchase-based transactions. Well, I think, I think over time it's gonna be built into this smart contracts. So um, there's a difference between a Bitcoin, which is different than a stable coin, which is different than a central bank digital currency. And so the central bank digital currencies are completely traceable. They know where everything is going. And more than likely, people in the future aren't going to realize that there's a difference. Um, and so if they don't learn now. If they don't learn now, because there's only 21 million Bitcoins to be created. Once the, once the, the excess supply is gone, the only ones that are going to really get it are the miners. And these banks, like I know Wells Fargo, they, they buy a whole bunch of solar panels. They got the blockchain um, patents. They are ready to do the mining. They don't care about all this excess right now. They're like, okay, let all the people buy whatever they want. We're focused on mining when that becomes the only real way to obtain it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if they're the ones that are mining all the cryptocurrency, taking all the Bitcoins and the only way that most people are going to be living will be through central bank digital currencies. The banks have more power and more control amongst the average person. But the people like us, the people who are listening to this podcast, me and you, um, who understand the power of a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency and cold wallets, will be in the right seat because we're essentially our own banks. And as long as, like I said, we're paying our taxes, they can't really come after us or anything like that because we're not doing anything wrong. So it's like education is key and people don't know what's going on. And the news, the media, they're going to sway you the way that um, the people that control them want you to go. So if, if you are a multi-billionaire and you own all these Bitcoins, but you don't want other people to have your Bitcoin, you're probably going to say something bad about Bitcoin and say, oh no, use like you call it the Fed coin or the central bank digital currencies, but that's not what you should be listening to. You should do your own research. That's why I said my only advice, my first advice is to do your own research so that you understand what's going on um, and really understand the difference between a Bitcoin, a stable coin, and a central bank digital currency. Three very different things. Mm-hmm. So something I've started I, I can't say started pushing, but with um, some of my clients, I have my one-on-one clients um, and even some of the people that come into my classes. Um, I, some, the people that are, are, are still hesitant, you know, they're learning and they're still hesitant. I have even just started helping them start with stable coins, yeah. um, which, which for somebody older or somebody really nervous, that's been pretty good because it gives them the experience to open up the wallet. So now we can just understand the wallet. We're not risking really anything. Just how does the wallet work? How do we move it from one wallet location to another wallet location? Yep. You know, And it still looks like a dollar, 
So they, you know, every, all these other charts are going up and down and there's red and green everywhere. We don't really worry about that. So um, before I kind of really just kind of pushed everybody to start with Bitcoin, but now with the value being so high, that kind of freaks some people out. They just can't get past, they can't buy a, a Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I try to talk about Satoshis, but nobody else is really talking about Satoshis. So they don't think it's the same thing or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've, I've realized that sometimes an entry level is the stable coin. And I never, you know, I, you probably were in this. I was in this before stable coins were a thing. So oh, yeah. when I started, it was only Bitcoin. Bitcoin was your, <laughs> was your stable coin. I don't even know. Everything was compared to Bitcoin. So that was it. Um, but yeah, now with the onset of stable coins, that is yeah. helping me to get people to roll in. I just want them in before we get the um, Fed coin, whatever, before we get the whatever they're going to call their thing. Yeah. I don't want that to be your learning tool. No, because then I don't you're... want you to get into that and then think you're into cryptocurrencies. That is going to be the worst thing. Don't get into the U.S. bank coin or whoever, Fed coin, whatever. And they're like, yeah, I'm in cryptocurrency. I've got Fed coin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in the digital dollar. <laughs> yeah. That they control with every, they can, they will control that thing to the T. They're, I forget his name, but um, he's one of the chairman on the Federal Reserve. And he basically said that he was like, you guys are pushing these digital currencies do you even realize that we'll be able to control everything? Is this really what you want? And I'm listening to him. I'm like, people don't want more scrutiny on the digital currency side. They want the cryptocurrency, but the governments are seeing the benefit of the digitized dollar. It costs them less. There's more traceability. And so they're trying to duplicate it and then they have more power. And so, mm -hmm. you know, for people who own your own Bitcoin or your own cryptocurrency, even stable coins, um, and you can hold them on a cold wallet not only is the interest higher on a stable coin that is at the bank, but now you can travel around the entire world and be able to use a Bitcoin or be able to trade a stable coin for whatever fiat currencies in that country rather seamlessly versus before you have to go and have these huge exchange rates. You never know how much you're gonna buy from another currency and their fees would be like sky high if you're at the airport or whatnot. A lot of that stuff is, is it's simplified and it's it's more efficient now um so it's a great thing if you understand it if you don't understand it you can get left way way behind because mm -hmm. this is going to be a big separation between the have and the have nots the good news is we can all be a have if we understand it and understand the new financial system and get involved but the have nots i feel really really bad for them so that's why i'm trying to educate them as much as possible so that you know, we're not left behind. And just because you're a have now, if you don't get into cryptocurrency, you can wind up being a have not. So, mm. you know, don't think you're so far up that you can't come down and don't think you're so far down that you can't come up. Yeah, because what I've read is that um, when the conversion starts, obviously they're going to go for the easiest things to convert, which will be money that you already have in bank accounts. Yep. It's already there. You don't physically have it. So it can almost be involuntary. Yeah. I mean, they can almost just tell you, hey, well, you've already got your 20,000 cash in the bank. We no longer are going to cash you out in dollar bills. We're going to cash you out in Federal Reserve bill, or um, that's what they call now, Federal Reserve notes. But um, 
what a fake coin or what I don't know if they're going to call it fake coin but um so retirement accounts you know things that are already yeah things that are already under their not control but their custody so things that are already under their custody are going to be the easiest things to be forced to swap out or the first things to be swapped out um I think I think the House of Representatives, I think they just created a digital assets uh, group where they're trying to figure out the best way to do exactly what we're talking about. It's how to control all the transactions, how to have oversight and how to tax it. Um, it's it's coming, y'all. It's just a matter of time. And they already created the group. So they're they're looking at it heavily. Right. And, you know, I went to the store the other day talk about, you know, the change. And of course there was a gentleman outside asked if I had a couple extra dollars for whatever he needed. Um, literally in that moment, this was just on sat- last Saturday, maybe, or Tuesday, this happened just very recently. I was taking my daughter to dance class. Um, and I didn't have anything to give him because I had gone into a CVS and used my debit card. But in that instant, I thought about, we already have, the, the homeless population, the unhoused population, the people with no jobs, you know, whatever, that, you know, some people legitimately live off of these donations that they get off the street or selling bottles of water and all these other things. What happens when they're, where I can't even come out of the store and have some change from a purchase I just made and just say, yeah, here, I just got a dollar twenty-five change. You can have it. What, what happens to all these people now that are surviving off this little bit of money, you know, little or a lot, depending on where you're begging, but what happens when there's nothing to give them? Yeah, I think, and this is where politics come into play, right? Because you got one side who's going to say, hey, put them all in jail, get them off the streets. They're not being contributors to society. So let's put them in the jail. The jail's in the stock market. So let's profit off of them. You know, versus them just asking us for money. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, well, let's give them something called like a freedom dividend, where every American citizen over the age of 18 receives maybe a thousand dollars US um, to be able to sustain a lifestyle, to be able to live, live, live a little bit, because it's not the citizen's fault that technology has automated so many jobs. Um, and so from a political perspective, those are the two different ends of the spectrum where it's like, hey, give everybody a certain amount of money every single month, um, which will cause inflation to skyrocket. But people who are genuinely trying to come up, that's a great solution. Or it's let's get them all off the streets, lock them up, increase the penitentiaries higher so that the people who own the, the stocks you know, can generate an income and we can have more, more free labor or whatnot um, to so generate this energy because you know a lot of these things create energy. So whichever way you want to look at it, hopefully there's some some you know collaboration and find the best part in between. But as of right now, those are the two different ways that um, they're looking at it. Hmm. Okay, we don't know which way they're going, but no idea where they're going. But that's there's that's, a lot of considerations. That's where that's the talking points. Oh boy. Okay. So, um, where uh, tell us again what is what classes are updated uploaded on your um, site now? What what classes are you offering that are ready? 
Yeah, so for right now, um, I have one class. It's called How to Do Your Cryptocurrency Taxes, which essentially gives you an overview, a breakout between, you know, if you have mining income, um, staking income, crypto wages, trading, NFTs, all the different types of ways that you can be making money in the crypto space, how to properly file it. As of right now, this is the overview of me talking. The next one will be coming out on, it's going to be called um, How to File an Extension um, so that anybody in the crypto space can file an extension before May 17th, that's the deadline. Um, so as long as you file an extension, um, you should have till October 15th. There is a small um, interest that you're gonna be paying um, to wait that long. It's not 1%, it's 0.5% as long as you file that extension. So, you know, we look at Bitcoin, it can go up 20% in a day. You know, right. so we're looking at 0.5% interest that's a very, very small number to be able to keep control over your cash all the way through October 15. Um, but October 15, that's definitely when you want to pay because then that 0.5 turns into 5%. Um, so. And um, people who've not had this beautiful relationship with the IRS, the penalties are always way more than the interest. So file the extension because the penalty that you pay for not filing the extension and then not making the payments and all that other stuff, the pit boy, they get you on the penalty. The interest is hardly anything, but the penalties are enormous. Yeah. We're talking between, we're talking a penalty of 0.5%, meaning half of 1% of interest versus 5% penalty. That's a huge difference. So meaning if you owe $100, all of a sudden you owe 105. Then, then you owe 110, 50 cents. You get what I'm saying? All mm -hmm. the way up, it, they can charge you all the way up to 25% interest on what you owe. So to me, that's crazy high. Um, but if you file the extension um, and you pay before October 15th, that's the best way to go. So most of my clients, pretty much all my crypto clients, that's where we're, we're reaching towards. Yeah, the October 15th goal. So that's why I want to get that class out there that says, hey, look, get your get your forms ready, file this. It takes less than five, 10 minutes. Um, if you can't do it, I'll do it for free as long as you're like in, in the class itself. Um, and then by October 15th, we're going to see a whole bunch of classes being created. So that, you know, October 16th, you're already focused on your 2021 taxes and we can uh, strategically lower the amount of taxes that you'll have to pay you know for 2021 and 2022 we want to strategically legally avoid paying as much taxes as possible so that becomes our focus on october 16 the day after let's get right to it no no breaks as long as you've been keeping those records guys yes please keep, keep your records, records. That's, that's the <laughs> number one thing is keep your records like that is that's the number one thing and most people don't do that because it can be very extended what you're doing. All right. Well, anything else you want to cover? You want to, um, I see your entrepreneur. You want to plug your brand for a second? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so I got a clothing line called Entrepreneur Period. Um, that's that's out now. I got some other shirts being designed. Uh, I'll probably go live with that later on this summer. Right now, it's, oh, okay. it's people who have been rocking me for a while. I'm making sure they're all plugged up. Um, but you can also catch me on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, at CJ the Smart Guy, um, where I talk about my journey with cryptocurrency, my journey as a CPA, um, a couple other things as well. 
um, as well as make sure you guys check us out on Clubhouse, the Black Bitcoin Billionaires Club, every Monday at 10 a.m. Central Time. Um, we have something called the, the Genesis Block, um, Lamar Wilson, Isaiah Jackson, Naja Roberts. I'm in there and we just discuss cryptocurrency updates, what's going on with the world, and you know the next steps that we should all be looking forward to. So um, Twitter, Instagram, SCJ the Smart Guy, Clubhouse, SCJ the Smart Guy. It's trademarked. I'm ready for it. So. Oh, he's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, if you, um, you know, in addition to listening to the cryptocurrency um, shows that I've had on here, um, going on to the group and clubhouse is really a great source you and they do. I mean, I, I guess clubhouse is about 24 hours a day. I don't know if that group is 24 hours a day. Well, it, like, I woke up one morning and, and Lamar was like, well, we're going to get off here now. We've been on here for eight hours. It was like eight in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, you were on there all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on like, there that much. I'm not. Yeah. But, um, they do a really good job, everybody of teaching you, um, from whatever level you're at, from the beginner level, intermediate to advanced level, um, the people in that group are very knowledgeable. Um, the answer, I came on, I asked CJ, I'm pretty sure I asked you a tax question when we started. I don't, I don't remember how, what the first interaction was, but, um, yeah, so that's a good place to go. Like I said, pretty much 24 hours a day. They have different people that teach. I don't know. How do you say this? That host different rooms, <laughs> that yeah. moderate the different rooms that have different specialties. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like an interactive podcast in the sense where you can go up, you can talk and you can have a group of people on stage and you can determine if you want to answer some people's questions, so they might raise their hand. It's a little button, and you can say, "Okay, yeah, you can come up on stage. You can answer your question." Or, "Hey, no, we don't. You can stay out there." So it's really like a public speaking digital app um, that's an upgrade to podcast in the sense that it's uh, interactive, interactable, interactable. That it's interactive, <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, you know you can learn from some some really great experts. And so we have like almost a twenty four hour learning curve that we have on there where people just come in and out um i'm only on there every once in a while but there's money to be made on that platform because now you can reach people on a broader spectrum it's like public speaking events but instead of you actually having to travel there you can just go on your phone and do it virtually so technology has been leveraged for sure and i want everybody to stay up to date because if you don't you're left behind separation having to have nots i don't want you to be a have not because we love you guys yeah I've I've not been able to adequately explain to people what I say it's like going to a conference. It's kind of like because you're in the audience and you can just listen. It's kind of like a conference, a podcast, kind of like talk radio because you could call in and speak yeah. if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's exactly. Like and then it's kind of like taking a class if you just want to sit and listen. It's kind of like being in a classroom. So. Um, all right. Well, I think we covered. Is there something we missed that you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm appreciative, appreciative, and um, yeah. Let's let's keep getting these gains. Let's keep doing right by people. Let's keep building up the community and you know educating each other. So I appreciate you having me on. No problem. I appreciate you coming. Thank you for all the hookups. Um, CJ is how we met Paul, how I met Paul. So 
you guys heard Paul's episode. He was uh, just as good, had a lot of information. So thank you for that introduction. Um, I'll grow and continue the relationship with him as well. So you guys are great guys. So thank you for coming. I hope you agree that you'll come back again one day. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to um, be sending some people when they have to, well, I've, I don't know how many people have reached out to you, but I've sent plenty of referrals. And unfortunately, sometimes I'm not the best at letting people know that I'm sending referrals, but um, yeah, I've, I've, I've handed out your information a handful of times already. So um, if you guys have tax questions, especially around crypto, CJ is the person who I am going to refer you to. He's that that's his lane. Um, all right. So thank you very much. You want to do a last minute plug? Any last minute, last minute, anything? Oh, thank you. Yeah, most definitely. Follow me on all uh, platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse at CJ the Smart Guy, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify for uh, more information at CJ the Smart Guy. That's that's where I'm at. Get your get your trademarks, get your URLs like your dot cryptos and create your own brand. Diversify your assets, diversify your incomes and diversify your liabilities. Did you get your new website or did you get your new domain? I've gotten lots of domains. I just haven't um, advanced them yet. It's, it's I, all, know, all, I haven't done anything. Classes. I think I have three of them. Um, I think mine are all, I believe, dot crypto. But I saw they start coming out with some new ones too. But um, yeah. yeah, so that's good. Okay, so everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you guys learned a lot. Um, the goal here, again, to be financially free. And to be financially free, you have to be out of prison, <laughs> out of any type of jail cell. So let's you know stay in line here, keep ourselves above board. Um, CJ, I want to thank you very much for coming on and guesting um, on the show with me today. Everybody else, I will be here again next week with some new information, new topics. Um, reach out to me if you're having problems for whatever reason contacting CJ. He is everywhere. I mean, he's he's really good at Twitter too. But um, you know, I'll help contact him if you need him. But until next week, I will see you all again. This has been an episode of Ready Set Free Podcast, and I have to say follow, subscribe, share, like, what else? Notify, comment. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me about anywhere. So thank you very much for listening to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. uh -huh.